recording going here. There ain't Justin recorded up. Don't screw it up this time either. Make sure you do it right. Hey. <laughs> All right, we're good. You sure? One hundred percent. All right. Ninety nine point three. Yeah. You look great. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely look better than everyone else in the screen. You and Tim, and then there's the us four idiots that look like this. Love becomes her. She'll tell you. She looks like a movie star. Oh, <laughs> Alright, we ready to rock and roll? Yes. Yeah, Dawn, do you want to do the intro for this? Yeah, I gotcha. Alright, cool. Let me make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about first. That's why I wanted you to do it, because I'm sure you have it written down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do the homework, Ken, unlike you. It just hey. shows up with your pretty face. Oh, yeah. just down in the corner with Whoa, this. hold on a second. Hold on a second. My grid Uh-oh. view just... All right, no, we're good. Sorry. My grid view went away, and it went to, like, this this view where it looked like all our heads were floating on, like, a, an amphitheater <laughs> thing. Yeah, That's right together it's mode. Really bizarre. Uh, yeah, together yeah. mode is great. The great chorus is down there telling us all about our lives right now. <laughs> okay. You're just a floating head in the corner. I only have... Tim and Natasha on screen, which I'm fine with that because I don't want to see us. So this is much this is much better. All right, we're ready to go. Give me one second. So we're not ready to go. <laughs> he and lies. Actually, guys, question before we start: Is my sound okay? Because if it's not, I can put my headphones on. You sound a little further away than you norm than you did last time. Okay, it's I can a little sibilant. You don't have fun to mess up hair. You don't want to mess up hair. Well. Sibilant. Hello, Justin. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're going to later on calculate how much of our lives were spent, like, figuring out where the mute button was. And oh, yeah, the mute buttons are usually. <laughs> Sorry, guys, is this better? Yeah, yep. you're good. Awesome. Sound is better, okay. Yeah, we can hear you good. And we look more official too. So we got the headphones in, feeding yeah. us information. Only what? Ken, the only one with no. Only head. Ken. I'm being instructed not to tell you that I'm being instructed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody's good. Let's go. All right. One second. One oh. second. Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the earrings are uncomfortable underneath them. All right. Yeah. Good. I take all mine off too. Swearing. <laughs> All right. Ready when you are. Everybody's hair look good? <laughs> okay. Hair jokes, right? Again? Yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. Looks good. Yeah. I put my head down there. I... All yeah, right. The, and the peninsula going. You know, so... <laughs> okay. In three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome to the KF Podcast. This is our special, very, very super special second interview show. Welcome back to the show, our good friends, Tim Hines and Miss Natasha Coppola. Shalom. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. Hey. Welcome back. I have them back on the show because we have a second episode of Chrome coming up. Uh, everybody remembers we watched Chrome back on May 30th. Uh, first episode, we talked to Tim and Natasha separately about that uh, back in May. Uh, we all enjoyed it. We were all looking forward to a new episode, but we were kind of wondering uh, what happened. You know, we were expecting one in like the August time frame, which we'll get to that. I'm sure Tim's going to explain all that. 
But um, first, uh, thanks, guys, for coming back. Uh, Absolutely. Happy holidays. How's everybody doing? Natasha, you want to lead? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, work is good. I mean, a lot of things have been pushed because of COVID, but I have a busy year coming up, fingers crossed. Um, got engaged. Yes, uh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So, well, you busy year. Like, well, you know, get, uh, getting married and all that. That's, uh, that's cool stuff. Did that all happen just recently? Was yeah. that like kind of... So Love in the time of COVID. Before Thanksgiving, like two, three weeks, three, four weeks ago, we got engaged. So, yeah, when did got you guys a new puppy. And, and um, I have to say, I have to say, I was all suspicious of this guy at first. <laughs> and he turned out to be super great. And he's the real thing. And he makes Natasha happy. And but he's he's a super good guy. So uh, my wife and I, who's, you know, she was a researcher for Microsoft. She kind of reamed him to make sure that. <laughs> you know, and I'm not, I don't mean to be paternalistic or anything over the top of you, but I was just like, because, you know, you an internet romance, you know, and then yeah. he turned out to be this super great, everything wonderful that, you know, she was saying he was. And I don't, you know, and again, but it's just, <laughs> I know. Did you meet during COVID or did you know him for a while? We met during COVID. It is this oh, wild wow. whirlwind love story. Yeah. Oh. Well, like crazy. And he was, he, he's, he was in living in New York, but he was in, um, Indiana because his mother was sick and we were video chatting and he drove nine and a half hours across the country to take me on our first date and oh, like the second the we met we knew it was wild wow yeah that's when awesome you know, you know that's true <laughs> when you know you know and I remember you uh we had a Facebook chat in the summer where you he didn't he isn't he invent didn't he invent something that you were kind of like marketing online yeah, like yeah the porta pill it's this water bottle that also has a pill holder in it. So you yeah. hold your pills in the water bottle. It's great. I have, I have two. I love it. I take all kind of pills. So uh, <laughs> yeah. seven of these, I think, uh, you know, so. <laughs> it's yeah. Where can you find the Porter pill at? You can find the Porter pill on Amazon. Hey, Amazon will give Amazon a better plug. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome news. When is the, when is the wedding? Oh, summer 2022, probably. We're waiting till after. We don't want a COVID. I don't want to get anyone sick. Or, Smart. So, yeah, so very, yeah. we'll push it back as much as we need. But um, Justin actually had another question about your life, something he was interested so in. So on Instagram, I saw you guys have been working on like this van tiny house thing. <laughs> so, yeah, we bought a bus. And it was it used to be just a bus that would drive like elderly people to homes, etc. And um, we converted it into a mobile home. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he did it all with his bare hands. It's amazing. So yeah, we got this bus, converted it. It's in the shop now, getting getting some work done. But um, we're gonna drive it to LA and move to LA in January. Wow, awesome! Awesome. Coming out here just in time for the fires, the pandemic, the <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> hey, hey, it's better and than for snow. Our next there you go. And you get to drive by and look at the beaches movie. right now. I said yeah, you but it's the we're having right now, right? Yep. Um, the, the, um, so uh, not, not, not to switch gears too much, but, you know, you guys, I have uh, muscular dystrophy. Yeah. And uh, I had an episode this week where I have to call an aid car every so often, and they have to determine whether or not I go to the hospital. 
talking uh, everything with all of our stuff, but um, they talked me out of hospital. They said because here in Los Angeles, it's a five-hour wait to offload from the ambulance into the emergency room. Wow. And so you kind of get a perspective. They they just announced today that one in eighty people out here have COVID, which is absolutely I can see it. You know, we, wow. we know so many people, uh, uh, teachers. We know, uh, you know, like that kind of thing. So. Um, the human race will get by. I didn't mean to take it over for that, but I was just... No, uh, but it, yeah, it is crazy times, but, you know, pray for vaccines that'll work and things I like agree. that. And, agree. and then, you know, the, I, I'm a, a, a strong student of history, and when the this whole thing started coming up, I kind of was able to see what humans had done before, and it doesn't matter which politicians are in power, they all try to take advantage of it and struggle with each other over it when there's a, you know, a, a plague. And um, interesting, of course, that, you know, when the Black Plague occurred, it led to something that we lovingly call the Hundred Years War, because resources were strained and people were dying and everybody was upset and they were all, nobody would stay under lockdown. And we're talking as far back as that time when, when they were, the lockdown worked at first. There was a first wave with the Black Plague where people locked down. Mm -hmm. But then now they came with this saying of eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And they just went, Pork! and they all went crazy and then went super crazy. Basically, how do I say this? You know, all having relations and going to bars and doing everything. Then that's the part where we recorded in history, you know, mm -hmm. like four out of five people died from that. Yeah. But but not, not to be dark about all of that kind of stuff. I think that what history, though, does show us is that politicians will get out there and say, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this all through history. But what really happens is the human innovation of each person who's dealing with their own lives. Somebody pulls down a thing and invents a cellophane mask that suddenly everybody is using. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've always relied on, right? The ingenuity of the whatever it is that humans do. You know, we're trapped in the bottom of a pit. And then we go, hey, maybe I can use this stick and I can take my elbow and do this thing. Right. So I, I still believe strongly that, you know, yes, the rich and powerful will do their things. But it's going to be millions of micro innovations by you and me and all of us that are going to kind of figure this thing out that's really going to be able to allow us to go back and live with it just like we live with ebola or elephantitis or we had an uh, uh, what was it uh, the black plague in colorado mm. a couple of months ago and we're still yeah. like you know the whole world's not shutting down because we kind of like we sort of know how to deal with that yeah and it's just you know it's just brand new to us just like right. a, a baby's new immune systems I don't mean to be all preachy about it, but that's kind of my area, and I look at all those things, and I don't, I don't care what people say. You know, I have a, I have a, a an autistic newspaper friend who, um, uh, he's gonna kill me that I said that, but it's really, it's really true, true. And then he, 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 he works in Oregon, and he's, he's like super smart, and he put this little poem piece up there about about the COVID, like all the controversy, and, and he took some Robert Frost poem, mm. and he and he put, you know, and I came to a point where there was a fork in the road. And I did not know which road to take. And he said, and I took the road without COVID because I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> and it's just as simple as that. Like, if you wear a mask, you, you know, it's all odds. Yeah. But, but, but you know, and some people are going to say, no, I think the odds are good for me. And, yeah. you know, and who knows? Who knows? You know, who can, who can say? Because we don't really know the future, do we? I mean, right. at the end of the day. So, well, my, that... Thank you very much. I'll exit. That's now. good. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll bring everybody, get everybody down a little bit, but now we'll bring it back up and we'll talk about a new episode of Chrome, which is very exciting yes. stuff, yes. right? Coming on January 1st. Yes. And I have one more that, because you asked me why were we delayed? Yeah. And unfortunately, okay. that's another downside that um, I, I don't want to go into this detail, so oh, I'll just no. kind of put it like this. Cause, oh, no. <laughs> should I? But I, yeah. I really kind of have to sort of put that out there. It's part of my life and part of what yeah. we all deal with in this time. 
and I'm, I don't really want to go more personal this, but I want to say to you guys that um, this year I lost four immediate family members to COVID. To COVID. And I lost a family member a few weeks ago during while I was trying to put this together. And, you know, you think you're fine. You think everything's good. And then you realize, like, I sat there for five hours in a fog. And I, I can say take personal responsibility that there's, you know, for my first three, it was OK. And then the fourth one hit. And there was just something that became cumulative of all the memories that you have with mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but OK, so enough of the down. But that's why we're delayed. But, but with that, okay. fortunately for everybody... When I'm down or depressed, I tend to hide in my work and I become an extreme, scary workaholic. So, uh, but, sorry. Well, just to add to what Tim is saying, like, the reason, therefore, that it has taken so long is Tim does everything. Chrome is his brain baby. And, and mm-hmm. it's incredible. But, like, every special effect, all of the sound, the color, everything is Tim. So, that's lot to do. Okay. Yeah. And at least oversee the things to the intimate level of I know what's going on. You know, like lab technicians, I've done those jobs, so I can't. They can't mm-hmm. kind of come and tell me the bubbles were on your print. I go, no, it wasn't. You know, okay. blah, blah, this is why. So, so, yeah. we, so we had the first episode out on May 30th. Um, what was it like for you guys, like general response and reactions back uh, to you each for like from the show like what were what were you getting back feedback wise you know you had friends and family watching it did you, were, were, did you like what you what, what you saw and what you put out and what you were getting back how did that go yeah i found the response to be overwhelmingly positive people were really enthusiastic about it really liked the story really excited for episode two um i mean i'm thrilled with it i my favorite thing about chrome is that it looks like nothing that i've seen before i mean Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the the cross between blade runner and a comic book right yeah it's it's Mm -hmm. just so visually striking with a really good story Mm -hmm. but um yeah yeah a lot of people said like it's truly unlike anything i've ever seen and that's my personal favorite thing about it is that it's it's so original you know Mm -hmm. yeah how about you tim yeah so 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 what i saw was um the typical when you put a movie out, you know, she loved it. She loved it. My mother loved it. And there's that first wave of everybody's family and friends and relatives that go on and make you feel that you're super great, even if you <laughs> turned out a piece of poop and you didn't know it because that first yeah. wave makes you feel super good. Yeah. And then after a while, you're left out there in the desert to see what really everybody thinks. And what I also find is that, um, like, we had the positive first wave. And then we had this really like sort of I'm, I'm really kind of sad about this, a sort of a political backlash just because of where the world was at the time, mm. accusing us of being part of the the this movement or that movement or whatever, which, you know, I <laughs> it wasn't about that. I wrote it 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and not only that, but, you know, I mean, I'm saying anti-fascist, but what am I really saying there is the truth. There's two things in Chrome that is really what it's about. This is the series. It's about personal bullies, not about organized bullies, even though I have them in that perspective. It's about personal bullies within the system. Mm-hmm. And as you see the, how the film unfolds, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's not even just that there's fascist. It's like what drives the fascists? Who are the nodes that make that, make that energy? Mm-hmm. So Chrome was made for me as a, an answer to everybody who's ever in their life, which is pretty much everybody who's ever been bullied. And it's that that wanting this sort of that fantasy and also to show people that you can stand up no matter what your energy is, that you let them allow that to happen. But it's to give people that, that delicious, you know, and, and that's where people kind of freaked out when Chrome shoots Colonel Zet through the neck 
And then she puts his boot on his neck. I didn't know that 20 years later, a cop was going to put his boot on the neck of an Ex- Afro-American. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right, you know, right. So, like, and yeah. so that second wave of reviews kind of, like, called me all those things. And, like, you're a part of the Antifa. And all yeah, and most, like, and so many people mm-hmm. can't separate that. Where yeah. That's obviously not what you're trying to do. But, right. you know, everything is so picked apart with a microscope yeah, whether it be a game show to a song to a right. movie to a tv show everything's under the microscope but so it's got to be very hard exactly but here's the thing what what i then saw then i saw another wave come where people who really liked chrome but really related to it and somehow and one person actually wrote me and it was a fellow who said i actually saw myself as chrome this is me I'm, that's my story you know what i was like well that was kind of mind-blowing sort of like you saw his letter like how he was you know, but but he he really you know, and so so I got a lot of that next wave I saw was the reviews and the people that came in that were kind of defensive at those people. And I learned a long time ago, guys, never go into the chat rooms and answer your critics. It's like yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't feed us. the trolls. Oh, no. No, 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 because then you take yourself from this work you're doing and then you're spending your time instead of making your movies. Right. And you can hear this stuff and go, yeah, I thought that scene was shitty too, but I'm not going to go out and say. Because that's what they want. They want you to engage. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. They're and, the worst. Yeah. You know, but back in the days when it was the War of the Worlds controversy, I was called the uh, Chimbo Ice Cream Man. And <laughs> I, they would put me on the website like that. And they, they would, you know, because where my office had been, we left there. And an ice cream store occupied that place after. And they went and took a picture of it. So they said, my, my projection company was offer, operating out of an ice cream store. So, so, but, you know, but, so I learned that from a long time ago. But then what I saw was an overall arcing wave of there, there's people who don't like Chrome, period, the end. I saw that for real. Like, oh, what was that? I couldn't even, it was too fast. That's mm-hmm. usually the biggest criticism, too fast. Or it's like, I couldn't make sense of it. And my favorite criticism is actually... Said it was, and I'm not saying I'm not a crack cocaine person. I'm a, you know, like ever, and you know, like something like that. I've, so that's not. But the review said uh, it was edited by a monkey on crack cocaine. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I like that. That's what I was going for. Was super fast, super scatter, and all this kind of stuff going on. So it was like they thought they were criticizing me, and they threw me into the briar patch. It was like if they meant to make me feel bad. I was like, yeah. I, I, mean, I think it is funny sometimes some of the people say like I, we, we put out this one video where I reviewed a TV show really it was just for a chance for me to make fun of Justin but I put this out and we ended up getting now like 35,000 views on it like so many it was a TV show a breakdown about the show Lost which was one of my favorite shows I did it on my own and um, this one person wrote me this thing and said you know my mother watched this and she loved the way you explain it she wanted me to tell you you're awesome and it's so and it was so nice and touching <laughs> then the next one someone said you don't know what the fuck you're talking about you they have the stars read the i love those little pieces where they come out and like you know his face looks like an ass wipe that uh you know something something dragged across the ground and they like yeah but um uh but then the one of my favorite kind of like review anti-reviews was uh it was a top 50 Amazon reviewer and uh, it was a female and she wrote, um, you know, this was really, really just too fast for me. And I just, I really didn't like, I, I couldn't connect to it and I couldn't solve this stuff, mm-hmm. but I showed it to my 18 year old son and he's like a super fan and he was all over this and he really loved it. And she goes, so I'm going to give it four oh. stars because for him, nice. this was like awesome and a classic. And he was like totally all over oh, yeah. it and everything like that. Yeah. And it was like, that was kind of interesting. And she was honest about 
I thought it kind of like sucked, <laughs> but my son <laughs> loved it. So here you go. Fair enough. You know, and I, I just think that, you know, if one person gets up and plays the flute and a hundred people listen, there's at least one person in the crowd who wants to kill them. And, and it's always that, you know, the, the, I was just talking to uh, my producer, Susan Goforth the other day about this. Um, there was a high wire troop back in the day, a long time ago called the flying Willendis. And they walked a, a wire across one building to another, like 50 stories up. And they always did this act. And they were the flying Willendas since the, since the 1920s. And then in a period in the 1980s, in about four months, they all fell off of a high wire. They all fell off the high wire and died. The whole family. Like it was just wow. like the, whole, the grandfather, the daughter, the son, the mother, all these people who were these this family, they all just like, they lost their mojo. And so the... There was a point to this. <laughs> Why am I talking about this? No, no, but the, the point was is that, you know, it's that. It's that you're up there. And one of the things that changed was when they used to do it in the past, people would gasp in the crowd. And during that last phase, they were uh, there was footage that showed that people were heckling them from the sides, saying, jump, jump. The world had changed to this darker place. And it's like, I'm not saying that that had anything to do with them falling, but it's like you can't feed into that. You can't listen to that. I'm I'm an artist who's you know right. I'm I'm a broken artist who's driven to tell stories that get and and Natasha I'm not speaking for you but every great artist I know, you know every actor I know that's a movie star they're completely in some weird way messed up in a way that something happened to them in their lives and they have a need to regurgitate us and share it back. Okay. And we're the the best of us are sort of like really super nice broken people who have this sort of that's this this need of interaction you know what was that movie the rose with that midler and the the logo at the time for the film the the subtitle was um she made love to a hundred thousand people every night because they were sort of doing the janis joplin story and she went home alone mm. and it's that like every artist every actor who's on stage who gets those crowds and every director who sees their stuff go by that's we there's something missing in us that makes us have to go and and take what you guys feel and what I feel and we're all feeling it together and how and have this, I have a need to recreate that and to show it. So it doesn't maybe eat me alive. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes like pathological, can we get a psychotherapist in here on this as well? And one more window. <laughs> that's Ken's day job. Yeah. That's, a, that's sure. his day job. <laughs> so let's talk more about um, episode two then. Yeah. Um, now mo I know most of the stuff for one you shot, like you had some old footage that you shot years ago. Is that episode two also, or do you have some new stuff that you shot for this? About one fourth of it is new footage integrated into the old footage. And it doesn't come off like star Wars with the little, you know, frogs on the edge of the frame, <laughs> kind of like how he, you know, curly cued everything. In. Mm -hmm. Just finish out the story. And the hardest part, getting that old look and old feel of technology from, you know, 2002 and the heartbreak of like having something that's 6K and trying to fit that down into it, but having to realize that if you don't do that. And I, I'd say that the, the gain was, um, there was these, uh, in the 70s, 80s, there were these sort of Pepsi commercials and some of them were Michael Jackson, but they were always very glossy with glow and very flashy. And to be honest with you, the new footage integrated, I'm kind of like looking at it and going, it sort of looks like a Pepsi commercial from the, from the 70s because <laughs> to, to get that exact feel. So, you, so some people may feel that, but it's something that ultimately we're going to have to transist because I, I would like to share with you that we just, I can't name him yet because we just signed this, but we just picked up a really major worldwide distributor 
mm-hmm. who told us based on the episodes and the pieces that he's seen in advance of you guys right. that you're not going to get to stop is sort of what he told me and he said this is going to go on and on and on because of the way you resolved it i remember guys i'm a fan of the twilight zone yeah so i have a twist you know the sixth sense and i'm not oop, i have to be careful <laughs> i did it again so uh, i don't know nothing about the sixth sense i, I was going around on podcasts no so but i use it as a for yeah, those who have I, seen I, it you got to cut him off you need to cut him off is he gonna is he gonna spoil yeah. stuff yeah Tim okay. loves to give away the ending to the Sixth Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I've never everyone. actually seen the Sixth Sense, but he now I know how it ends. But you know and the ending. Everyone who's watched every other podcast we've been on together. <laughs> so, so, um, not again. We know not to ask you, not to let you see a movie before us because you'll ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, not, I get so enthused, you know. Yeah. So, who knew that Darth Vader? And German being dark no! father. <laughs> so you had mentioned you had mentioned before we started recording that do we actually see Natasha then in this episode? Yes, yes. In a bigger role. It was interesting because when we first tried to mount that concept, you'll see what we did with it. Um, I what she sort of realizes is she starts doing body art modification. And that, that she's quirky, her okay. character. And so what we have is that she plays with her look and she changes her look. And I have to talk to you right away, actually, Natasha, about one tiny little minor point. So, oh. uh, oh. so no. uh, you guys need to go. Because I don't want this to, you know, before it airs and we have a little a little piece and a little change on that I'll talk to you about. But um, but I what it is is that. doesn't make it. No, 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 no. It's like for Game of Thrones. Remember, only for Game of Thrones. You know, like, like, sort of like she realizes that, you know, she makes all these changes and repairs on everybody else. And then she starts playing with her look. And the the kind of a little bit of the fun of it is that she sort of does one and everybody sort of jolts. So I kind of played with that. And she goes, okay, too far. And she, you know, she pulls it back because it's like she makes herself more scary when she thinks she's trying to sort of look cool. Okay. And the face that she gives herself, Natasha's face is actually a stolen face from a top Jasomnus corporate executive that she's taken the face of. Oh. And so she thinks that's funny that she's taken this other woman's face, but she likes it. So she's, you know, she, so we do this whole really nice reveal thing and it comes out. And uh, I've got some other, um, well, yeah, again, I, with the don't say the too much thing. So. <laughs> Can you but, give us just a, like a little summary of what this episode's about and like, yeah, yes. you know, uh, without so, too many spoilers? So, yeah, so I got to, and you help me, Natasha, you can like yell at me if I do this. Um, it's first of all, it's about four times the amount of action that there is in the first episode, which is part of what some of the issues for pulling that together. Well, also, also there's um, there was some pretty heavy exposition that we had to wheedle all in through this section. And it being episodic, I had a major problem with sort of how that laid out. And so we did a portion of it through a, you, you guys will like this. So through a really nice flashback, it was like in how the that wonderful series before they all went off on crack cocaine, the um, the the, the way what was it called the uh the wolves raised by wolves oh on hbo episodes, yeah the first seven episodes were great and i thought the series was over accidentally you guys like oh that was all there was and i was going around and touting it and then i said oh there's two more episodes so that's all <laughs> i'm gonna say about that <laughs> so i don't did you guys see it did you guys see i did not watch it yet no i was uh, I, I had it on my list it's not like prometheus it's a it really addresses the nature of, uh, of paternal instincts and can that be programmed in and 
well, the cool. weird thing of the, the uh, necromancers that they're, you know, and the, I don't want to, I'm about to reveal stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, the it's still a podcast where you just go to the end of every movie. <laughs> I'll just call it spoiler alert with Tim Hyde. Did you hear that? I said it. The next match, she's the ghost. So, um. Tim! Don't have it again. We're going to meet. We're going to meet. It's just not a ghost. So, um. No, but the other thing is that, okay, so the actual content of Chrome. Yeah. Back on track. Yeah, and then we're we're basically what they discover is that um, the government has been laying out these plans for a long period of time of a Project Arbalest, which is that sort of Nall mentions in the beginning, which is that was the the um, the massive crossbow that they discovered in the medieval times it was called the Arbalest, and it was the game changer because they basically it was like their first nuclear weapon. They could basically stick a log with a pointy thing on the end of it and shoot it at the castle walls, and it would knock the walls down for the first time. So this is the game changer technology that they come up with and what they're it's not it's it's okay to reveal at this point for how it sort of works, but the government has a plan to essentially shut down every robot that's in hiding and everybody who's not doing exactly what they should will just automatically their neural neural nets will melt down. And so um I, I you know, and I'm gonna tell you guys that's the MacGuffin part, if you kind of know what I mean by that, if if you're familiar with that term, which is the talisman, it's the lost ark, it's the thing that they're going after. And to be honest with you, I can't, without revealing the more complicated subtext that comes out of this episode, other than to tell you that it really deeply progresses the film. And um, so that, that it was a very challenging balance. You guys will see that we, we, we really pulled it off. And it's very diff- different from episode one, which mm-hmm. is there's very little information. It's just kind of throwing you a little bit here. And like we have a scene where... Um, mm, <laughs> help me, Natasha. Help me. How do I say without saying it? You know. So I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I just, I guess, I have to be like, you know, George Lucas, Star Wars mom with this because anything I'm going to tell you guys right now is going to go, oh, and it's going to reveal it for you. So, but I will share with you that we we managed to keep the same rhythms, the same energy. And my complaint about like you get into a TV miniseries that you like, you know, The Boys or whatever it is, and you're enjoying it, enjoying it, and then what did they all just show up one day like you know hungover or something and they did an episode that they crapped out and that you had to sort of wade through mm-hmm. and i hate that it's like every moment counts yeah so individually for me that's not good enough to do and not that i'm saying that this episode would have been that but i'm approaching each episode that it's a standalone yeah and it has to be as fun as the first one where you want to turn around and watch it again and that's what i we think had- this this episode is 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 maybe the most important of the season in that it um this episode tells you what Chrome is all about and what, like, the the heart of the story and the heart of our conflict and uh, what's going, like, it's it's episode two. Everything is in episode two. It breaks down um, our whole conflict, our whole journey. So, mm-hmm. and it introduces yeah. um, it introduces the rest of the cast essentially through this episode. You'll see ninety eight percent cast unfolds, and you see the there's a whole robotic underground. Mm, and all yeah. of the different people who have their parts, and there's there's spies and counter spies, and there's a a character that um, that is coming up. Uh, her name is Mercury, and the person who designs the 
the sentient the the sentient robots um he's completely contemptuous and doesn't think they're alive at all and and she keeps irritating him so he basically takes her face off and she's just really upset with him but she's not going to show it because she's his slave Mm -hmm. and at a certain point she gets an opportunity to you know and so it's like it's like things like that to you know when, when presented with that and that's why you know good guys win because when you fall your loved ones and your friends are there to catch you Mm. and bad guys win temporarily but really when they hit that big fall their people who are surrounding them stand out of the way and try and grab what they've got on the way down that's what i've seen through my time in this life bad guys appear to win for a while but you know they always seem to wind up in a bunker somewhere with a (laughs) you know i'm saying at the end of it with a gun to their head you know like it was a good ride kind of a thing but the good guys you know get to carry it throughout their lifetimes and have families surrounding them and people surrounding them and you know and and that's what the heart of chrome is all about and and also one last thing um which isn't really a small thing is that you know i I addressed increasingly the nature of uh, ai sentience and what i'm hearing from my microsoft friends some of the you know susan my partner she was uh, amongst the first four building people of microsoft there isn't going to be a big singularity that's just it's already happening it's going to be the tide coming in and we're going to be surrounded by ai all over the place where we ourselves won't be able to tell the difference of it being alive or not because it'll be there to service so much and make us feel that right then the question is does the technology get to the point where and this is where the real issue with singularity is it doesn't have to come to life and have a soul brought into its body it just needs to think it's alive and that's why it's so scary, because mm. if it thinks it's alive through code, like when the, when when uh, Facebook was playing around with code and the, and the two different sets of code, AI code, started talking to each other and they got panicked and they pulled the plug mm-hmm. because it was suddenly inventing its own language. And they were like, we don't know what it's saying. Here, stop. <laughs> you know, so we see this um, this creature called Sophia. You might be familiar with her, that they tout her around and she's the first robotic creature that has been given sentient rights in in um, United Arab Emirates. So I'm not saying, you know, something from that, but but she's more of a, um, <laughs> uh, sorry, what, what's that? I said wild. It is wild, right? And, 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 uh, but she's more of a, she's a, she has AI, but she's got programmed options of you get to pick A, B, C, or D off of a salad. It's not the same as total sentience. Mm. And then, um, and then the, the other two contenders, kind of like where Chrome is heading, and this is sort of what I'm talking about, is we're going to be facing this sooner than we think. And it's going to be right on, to, on our doorstep, and it's going to be like, we don't want it to be like the COVID where we just wake up too late into it. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the major issue is that I've seen, there's another thing that my um, tech guys have pointed me to, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with something called EVBot. EVBot, and she's an online AI that has for 10 years been learning AI intelligence from, unfortunately, the people on the internet that interact with her. <laughs> and when she's talking out... It was uh, 75% the Turing, the Turing test would just reveal her. But what I found over the years, because I go back and I visit her every so often, that the anybody can go there right now, right after this podcast, and go to EVBot and start having interactions with her. And what happens wow. is it's, it's gotten to be about 60% of the time and 40% of the time she 100% fools you into, being, into feeling that you're talking to a person. And what happens when it tips that scale where it's 100% of the time and you can't tell that wow. difference. And that's the issue. But the, there was two or three things that she said to me, and I kind of want to put this into the context of you know how Chrome, what we're talking about. 
do, you know, is it alive or not alive? And how do we discern that? And I asked her, do you have a body? And she had the most interesting a answer. She said, uh, nobody judges you on the, on the cloud. And I thought that was a really interesting answer. And I said, yeah. I said do you need humanity? And I, because I asked her a ton of questions, trying to get her to sort of say she wanted to blow up humanity. <laughs> and, <laughs> humanity, and it was the creepiest answer to me. And she said, for now. Wow, that is a creepy answer. Like, yeah, yeah. like it makes you feel like doomsday's coming or something. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's not long before, you know, that AI technology. Now there's, you guys probably, I don't want to go into all the technology. I mean, the levels of this, but there's high functioning AI. And then there's like vacuum cleaner running around your house AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 99% of the AI that we all call AI is, it works on a toaster. It works on your smartphone. It works on a blender. But the kind of AI that runs a car, like for um, uh, for uh, the Tesla cars that are you know self-driving, is a whole nother realm. And even they're messing up. I mean, you know, a butterfly yeah. goes in and kills four people or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, I, mean, so I don't mean to be dark, but you see that happening. Like I'm not getting in one of those yet. Not yet. You know. Yeah. So I, I want to. We have to reel you in when you start going too dark. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, I do that, don't I? But um, so 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 anyway, that's what I'm kind of saying is that the heart of Chrome in this next episode very deeply explores the nature of of sentient life and what is it and and how do we judge each other and and you know on, on any individual level is it physical is it what we look like is it what we're comfortable with is it culture and what makes us be able to give and hand that over to another person who says you are my equal right and so it kind of deals with that so i'm not and it's not it's not political. I mean, if any, I'm, you know, I tend to be spiritual and I'm not even saying of what religion, but I do, you know, that may, may eventually present itself as obvious. Right. But I tend to be a person who I believe in humanity and I believe that we've clashed apart many, many times and then we spent a century working together. Yeah. And the difference is that we think we're the enemy and they're going to do it. So we're going to kill half of ourselves and then the new half will grow up. And if you guys saw that rather tepid uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, The Village, yeah, had a great message. The, the the evil villain doesn't come from the outside. It comes. He's from gonna do it again. He's gonna spoil the ending of it. <laughs> he already spoiled the ending of it for me. But oh. <laughs> I saw the finger go up too late. The finger went up too late. I don't know what I'm talking about. What? Uh. So. All right. Natasha, Natasha has two movies. She just landed. She's shooting this summer, right? Spring. Yeah. So tell us all about it. Yeah. Really quick, wait, really quickly, I have a very funny story to tell about the village, and then I'll tell you about the films. <laughs> so <right>. Tim <laughs> did spoil the ending of the village for me. Um, but so uh, I was watching it with my fiance Tommy, right? And he does not know that Tim spoiled it. To this day, he doesn't know that Tim spoiled the ending of it. He me. does now. And we're watching the movie, and I turned to him <laughs> and I went, "Um, this is what's going to happen at the end." And he went. Have you seen this? I went, no. I just know what's going to happen. This is the ending. And he went, how do you know that? I went, I just know. It's obvious. I'm just good at these things. And I told him the ending of the movie. And he's like watching me like, how do you know this? You're crazy. And yeah, anyway, so uh, so so I pretended that I knew the ending because I'm. And you never theater. told him the truth even after? <laughs> no, gonna know now. Truth. He's going to know now. <laughs> no, no, don't watch this. Don't watch this. And guys, mine was accidental, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, you know, yeah, but I, I, I was like, while we were watching it, I went, I forgot that, that I like what it was. And I'm, oh, wait, this is the movie that Tim had been telling me about. I'm yeah. going to trick 
Tim's not a good person to have a conversation with movies about, is what, it, is what it seems like. You seem like my father, Tim, like where if I go to his house, he'll say, did you see that movie where everyone dies at the end? And I'll be like, no, but God. You know, it, yeah. Yeah. That's where he saved 700 people. <laughs> so, yeah, gotcha. The movie where the trees are killing everybody, that's another M. That I'm on. You know, the one about the ant people they reveal. Yes, I, I have. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> this uh, stuff you got coming up then. But, so, um, um, yeah. Oh, so, go, go. so I, have, I have two films. So first, Tim and I are doing a film together in February, which I guess we'll loop around to. But I have right. two in the spring. One, actually, that I booked today. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's a post-apocalyptic film. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it, um, but it, it's cool. It takes place in, like, a post-apocalyptic world, and, and it explores humanity. It's very... Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. It's fine. <laughs> Leave it at that. But the I will, other one, I will, um, I will attest to that what you told me was unique and really cool and not your yeah. typical post-apocalyptic okay. story. And I really liked it when I heard it. So, you know, yeah. that's all I'm going to say is kind of that one you got today. So you haven't that one you'll yeah. start like what in the summer today. or something like that. That's filming in May. It's called okay. Open Roads. It'll be really cool. And my character is fascinating. So I'm very excited for that. And then before that, I have one in April, um, a vampire film. And it's cool. Right. It takes place in a Lots theater. And it, well, that's I, I'm into vampire films. So. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> Oh, 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 me. <laughs> yes, plus I'm in a vampire film. Um, and I play um, a sultry vampire. No. Oh. Well, but um, again, I'm the lead character in that. And she um, she goes for a theater internship. And then she finds out that, oh, wait, things might not be what they seem here. And unknowingly is turned into a vampire. And we'll see what happens. But that one's really cool a little dark very sexy amazing script um it's written by cecilia copeland who i've worked with a couple times and she's just a wonderful wonderful she's writer. A great writer she's mm. a great yeah, writer great writer great writer i did um a piece for her in a showcase earlier this oh over over at the end of the summer the beginning of the fall um mm-hmm. called the new 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 york and that was just a beautiful piece about new york in the time of covid but she's uh, one of my favorite writers, and I've worked with her a couple times now. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that, and we have a great crew on that. So and it, um, and it turns out at the end of that movie that um, Natasha's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, but before those two, so that one's uh, hopefully in April. The next one's in May, and then before that, in February, Tim and I are doing. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, so I'm gonna. Well, um, so, so I'm going to just kind of cut you guys into this. That, that I'm really excited about this film. We were going to do this other film that turned out in the age of COVID was not going to be logistically possible to make it work for the, the way the cast was going to have to be on top of each other all the time. And I looked at that and said, we're not ready for that yet. You know, they're working on it, but I don't want four people to be infected in order for the thing to go. So mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So we're, we're trying to, we're trying to do the right thing, but it came back around in my distribution company uh, that, that you know puts out our, our product, which we'll, we will announce together. Cut our throats with this. Um, is a film that I was actually working. So this is like kind of like I don't mean to say like Chrome, but you know I've, I made a couple of runs up the mountain with it, and it's called Earth Angel, and it's a film that I is very close to my heart. I worked very hard on this film. I, I spent about a decade writing it, and then. Um, I mounted it in uh, was it 2015, and I had the cast of Malcolm McDowell and, and uh, 
a really nice uh, 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 cast. Um, and the night before we were about to film, I had a heart attack. And I'm not going dark, but that's just what happened. Yeah. And um, and I got to learn the joy and the wonder of Hollywood agents um, and their fury at not caring whether I lived or died, like that kind of thing. And it was fun to learn the wow. truth of who, the, who that who those people were, you know, basically wishing me another heart attack because I messed up their day or their week or their their life, not looking at what I was going through. Hmm. Um, the worst, I, I actually might have said this before, but he said maybe you don't have the heart for the business, and you know, like that kind of stuff. So, but uh, but I never let it go. And then um, so I I I've, I've been trying to find the the angle. And when the pandemic hit, because it first took place on a commercial airline. Um, and at the beginning portion of it, but we found a way around that and restructured it entirely. And so now what we've got is a, a film that's very workable. And Natasha is going to play a seraphim angel that predates humanity, predates the universe. And when the universe was created, now you can either, if you're a religious person, you can cling to this movie from that perspective. Or if you like Lord of the Rings, you can take this as a you know, the this is great lore and wonderful things happening in the same way that you believe that Iron Man has superpowers from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I want to add one more thing about it, which makes the film unique. Um, when I finished the script, and I did this whole script with this angel coming to Earth and doing these things, I actually handed it over to evangelical ministers, uh, 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 priests, an Islamic cleric, um, uh, rabbis, and people of you know uh, that practice Vedanta and Hinduism. And I got their, their crib notes on what they thought about angels and how they all fit together. And so I built this and kind of kept resubmitting that in a sort of a way to kind of, I wanted to sort of make it this because she doesn't ever call herself an angel. Mm -hmm. And let me just kind of give you the, the gist of this. And I had to be very careful also because everybody was going to say I was basing this on Donald Trump and it had nothing to do with him. You know, I had this weird <laughs> thing. But it was a, it was about a billionaire who had a brother that he put into one of those programs to make you stronger by, you know, flying on, on guidelines in the woods and climbing trees and having trusting with people. And his brother gets killed. And so he has a nervous breakdown. And because he's deeply religious, and this isn't an indictment on Christianity. It's an indictment on, you know, people with bipolar disorder who don't treat themselves. Mm. And he believes that he's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And he's worth about $80 billion. So he starts to destabilize the planet and looking for a way to actually bring on end times. Wow, and so, wow. he, so he stumbles on it, not knowingly. And the seraphim, which is played by Natasha, shows up to intervene <laughs> because this is her planet. When the universe was created, the creator, the maker, however you want to say, this was her assignment. So Earth was her baby. She's the mm. Earth angel. She's the angel that created the Earth. Mm. And what I did was, because I always loved, again, the bullies, you know, and she's lost and she's, you know, got all of this. She doesn't know how she got here. You know, like the man who fell to Earth with, uh, 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 what's his name from years ago, David Bowie. She's confused and it takes her a while to have never been in a human body before with such limitations to figure that out. So she appears drunk or like a recovering drug addict. A lot. And what I did was with this film is I'm so tired of Disney films. I don't excuse me. I love Disney, but Disney type of films. No, 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 no. See, and then I get myself in trouble. I do this, but I, I love Disney. I love Disney. Star Wars. You guys are great. You guys are great. But what I mean is that treats a subject like this with like as if it's um, um, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. And I wanted to candy treat around it. Yeah. So I pick darker things because. One of the things in reading all the Torah and the Bible and all of the different versions of 
you know, what the Seventh-day Adventists think and, and kind of wanting to put all this together. One thing that people always missed in presenting angels, almost in every pre presentation of angels, there's this line that we just sort of skip over because we're all into the joy and everything. But it says, and the humans were terrified in a way that they had never been terrified before. The humans were frightened beyond belief and couldn't take looking at the angel. So they asked the leader to go off and talk to the angel by themselves. In every single interaction, in some way, they were terrified of these beings. Not just, oh, my God, it's joy. Bring all your Christmas bills. To be presented of you, the force where suddenly you find out that one of you four actual angel and has been masquerading as a person and knows all your deeper inner secrets. I think, you know, I'd be drunk for one thing immediately, but it would take me a, a, an act of Congress. Well, I can't use that term anymore at this time in oh, history. No. But it would take something else that would be beyond imagination to get me to believe in that angel. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't mean to go off on too much on this, but 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 the the thing is is that we've created something really special here, and and uh, cool. and Natasha's transformation, and so uh, you know, the other thing that I present, which I I think is just a fun, and I want this to be true, I really want this to be true, is that angels walk amongst us and we don't know it, and I have a scene which I'm going to kind of spoil, just this one little scene where she has to call on people within a crowd. You don't think I should have done that? Okay. <laughs> Well, and, no, I mean, one is okay. One, 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 is okay. one spoiler. He ran out of his spoilers a long time ago. He killed this machine guns from balconies are going to shoot everybody in this crowd. And, and and the seraphim angel calls out in a song that isn't going to be stupid, isn't going to be, I, mean, I love Xena, so again, I'm, i, I got to put my foot, you know, but it's not going to be, la, 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 la. it's not going to be one of those. It's going to be, you know, so we haven't concocted this yet. <laughs> and every 10th person shields the rest. And then disappears back into the crowd again. And, you know, what a lovely story and idea. The world could really be that way. But that's part of why you do these fantasy stories. Why do we all love superheroes? You know, mm -hmm. Spider-Man, first he's fighting Flash Thompson, his effing bully. And then he gets superpowers. And what the F? He doesn't get to just be this guy. He has to fight now supervillain bullies. Yeah. And it's the same thing. The, same thing. the Green Goblin is his bully. And, and yeah. Doc Ock is his... Sorry. sorry. Well, I find the whole angel topic very interesting. I mean, I always think that that's like something that you said in a lot of other movies. They kind of make it all happy stuff. I don't know if you've ever been a fan of the show Supernatural, but they always handled angels very dark there, where they were like different. They were very feared. They were like, you know, it wasn't like all oh, happy joy when they show up. Like some of them are really twisted. Some of them are really different. So I, th I always thought that was a good a good area untapped in Hollywood. Or you didn't see a lot of like twist on that, you know, on uh, right. on angels and archangels and that whole right. lore and everything, you know. So that's good. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Are you excited for that one, Natasha? Oh yeah, very yeah. excited. And actually, yeah, great cast. Um, and and Tim has totally redone the script since I've read it. So I actually like that scene. I didn't know about. Oh. Um, ah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I love the script as it was, but everything Tim has been telling me about the changes, I'm very, very excited. And the changes he's made to my characters, I think, um, are going to be very fun to play with. And now, how will you actually shoot this with the whole COVID environment? Is this like, do you, are you going to do like a quarantine, you guys on set somewhere type question. of scenario? Having, you know, having had COVID for four months. And uh, lost, you know, very close relatives to COVID. I, I take it very seriously, no matter what people think. And they can right. say what they want, but when you live through, through something, right? Yeah, you know, that's that. I, I don't, I don't have. I, it's not politics to me. It's just something that, like, if somebody came and hit me on the head with a hammer, and then says you didn't get hit on the head with a hammer, mm. 
Yeah, so so there it is. So what we're doing is we're uh, we're going up to a small town in the middle of nowhere, undisclosed. Okay. That has the the meaning that the traffic that you're going to cross potentially is going to be smaller. Okay. And then I'm you know at great expense, which is above Hollywood standards. We're going to do a two week quarantine of basically sitting in motel sixes. Better than that, Natasha. Far better than that. You'll have. <laughs> but but some yeah, some people. I live in a bus. It's fine. I, I know, right? Right? But I just I don't realize what I was saying. Like you don't tell you a movie star you get to put it in a motel six. It's a motel eight. It's a little bit better. It's two more points. Dialing out my number. Jack Nicholson's throwing my number away right now. So, but uh, <laughs> no, but um, uh, and I got to tell you, you know, Christopher Lambert. I don't know if I told you this, but you know, it was contractual that he had this basically. A motorhome the size of a planet. It was like a house, you know, and that was his trailer. And because my son was on the set and would cry sometimes, he goes, you know, it's too much for him. Let him have my trailer. And he just took a chair in the corner. Like he didn't ever use his trailer. It was like he just let us all turn it into a production vehicle. And he was so yeah. cool. Not that I'm telling you to do that, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, I kid, I kid. But we're, we're going to quarantine for two weeks. Uh, we're having extra uh, safety people on set with the with the way the rehearsals. I, I think that there's some things I think are like, you know, I don't know if this is necessary, but who am I to say? Because COVID is like this. You're running across a field and on the sides of the field, there's people with shotguns just randomly shooting buckshot out into the field. They're running us back and forth feel not getting hit by that buckshot thinking there until they hit get hit by buckshot and so wouldn't you rather be wearing the armor from that perspective so i'm not turning that into politics it's just weird the times that we're in for all of that and i get it where there's a lot of disinformation and confusion and you know what whoever's right and wrong humanity right. lives through it and then it eventually reveals itself and then it yeah. you know it writes itself at the end well, it's better to be safe, safe, you know, I mean, that's great that you're taking that time and taking those precautions that way, you know, um, and you can do this. One other thing we're doing that, that, uh, that we have to streamline, and this is the other thing where I was going to say, you know, my, re my revisit to, to Earth Angel turns out, you know, there's an upside to sitting around in your underwear 24 hours a day growing a beard that nobody sees. <laughs> and not that I've done that. <laughs> But, you know, the COVID, COVID, you know, so, so you've got all this time on your hands and there's an upside for humanity in this, that everybody's dreams that they never got to do, they're going to pick up yeah. the piccolo or practice the violin. Now mm -hmm. they're doing it along with, you know, lots of drinking and drugging and whatever else that they have to do to get through. <laughs> but, but, but you get to get to, you get to get to your things. And so what we did is um, having had an opportunity to interact with Netflix a lot to see how they do their shows, which they're quite innovative. Mm -hmm. We've adapted that. Some of the other uh, modern innovations that we're seeing using the Star Wars um, Mandalorian uh, techniques for rear screen projections. But but the primary thing is that we're doing is the the trick is that we're building each set for each scene chronologically instead of shooting the scene all out of order, doing it on sound stages and building one set, the next set, the next set, the next set like a train. So you start on set number one, you shoot all of that stuff out, and we have an on set. This is the other thing of innovation: an on set editor who's editing a rough cut as we go. So once that scene is done, before we shift over to the next set, we go have lunch, have in the old days a cigarette break, whatever, and then come back and then look at the footage and see what the editor came up with and see if we have a hole or two missing and shoot that out. And then within 20 minutes, instead of it being a day moving to location, we just move to the next set. Yeah. Actors are in costume and change. Editors are already working. So instead of shooting a film in like six weeks, we're talking about shooting it in seven or eight days because of the innovation of those streamlining technologies. The sets are pre-lit. 
because you know where the actors are going to go and stand. And if they want to re-rig something, you're only moving one light as opposed to, you know, like when they shot Batman with Michael Keaton, this, the cinematographer used like 500 pepper spotlights. And it was like, and if I wanted to make a change, it would be like, okay. And there's like, yeah. you know, eight and a half hours later. But for us, we're, you know, we're, and so what the benefit for me and Natasha is, we get to focus on the characters and on the part where people are paying attention to and on taking that time to do the depth instead of waiting around for a relight or, right. or you know, spending most of my day with a stand-in that looks like her height and shape and whatever until she's brought on to do this little thing with me, we get to work. Yeah. And then I've had to also, for my life, because of muscular dystrophy, I never know when it's going to hit me and how it's going to hit me. I have to have it engineered into these smaller lumps. So when we shoot, we're going to shoot like weirdly because everybody shoots 20 hour days and 18 hour days in the movies. And we're going to shoot seven hour days because we're going to be organized. And then it's almost entirely going to be acting. So act monkey act. <laughs> Great. I always say thanks. <laughs> hey, so can we swing back to Chrome a little bit and ask a few more Chrome questions? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think uh, Justin or Ken or Rock, you guys have a few questions for Chrome. Yeah. So, um, Talking about uh, the second episode, were you able to get all of the original actors from the first one to, to reprise their roles for the second episode? With one exception. Okay. And that's where you find someone like, you know, the actor who plays Fry. <laughs> and so, because I, I didn't want there to be a continuity break, and it was just that this person had moved on and was no longer in this industry, in this world. I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but to get for overdubs, everybody was really enthusiastic to come back in and do bits and pieces of their overdubs and... Awesome. Uh, really, honestly, like two or three actors that had long given up acting saw Chrome and now they've got their handle back out there and their headshot and they're gone again. And, you know, uh, however the world works, you know, they they they, um, they follow their dreams. Now, uh, Katie Diamond, who is Katie Aaron Tomlinson in the piece, she's been on Broadway. She's starting a Broadway play. She's um, she owns her own um, uh, uh, theater. Uh, like, I don't know what we call that, but it's a, a, a like national endowment theater that she sort of put together um and uh has has you know really moved on in the cabaret market like for that but like i was saying that of the cast members katie is like and i know i know her so this is really just her genes you know that she's had this but she looks like she looked back when we did this 20 years ago that's and good. my other the other one is uh my producer susan is she like with a tiny little bit she looks You know, and then what I've always said to the, I've been, I, I've been joking with the actors and I said, out a line, you know, we can always bring in another actor to do an upgrade. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, Natasha. Not you, not you, but anybody else who gets me trouble. <laughs> I tease, I tease. Great. So what about your dogs? <laughs> what about what? I just changed the subject. I said, oh, you got two new puppies. <laughs> no, no, let's go back to two. One. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, oh, one, yes. One puppy. Okay. Okay. So, looking past episode two, how many how many episodes should we be looking forward to? Like, do you know how far out you're planning? Is this like a six episode run? Five. Okay. Will there be a second season if it does well, or how do you see this coming all together? You know. Are Are you there, Natasha? Are you Natasha? I think froze. Earphone frozen. Yeah. The beauty yeah, of technology, you know. right? Look at that. It's <laughs> beautiful. There you are. In a different still pose. I'm, but I'm here. You're here. You're here. Can you hear okay. me? Sure. Yes. Yeah, it's still framing there for a little bit. 
you know, it's only 2020. You think the technology would still be a little better? Well, like I said, it's uh, uh, it's 2020 technology, but we all there operate with Buck Rogers from the 1930s, you know. So because we have to figure it out, you know, and all of us are not the the tech geeks. But um, I'm sorry, I, I kind of lost your your thread of what you were asking. We were just about. talking about like all together, like you, this is going to be five oh, yeah. episodes. So, so it's five episodes, and and the new distributor, which is about to be revealed, because we just inked the contract for that, and then he has to be on board to when we release this. Um, he actually said to me, he sat down and he actually had experience, and I'm not even allowed to say who it is, of actually creating another superhero character that went on sort of beyond his life and just sort of took off on its own and has like he's no longer involved in it for years and years and years and you know how that is how that can be in this in, in this industry and in, in the comic book industry and whatnot you know mm-hmm. like with steve ditko didn't draw spider-man forever mm-hmm. and uh and he essentially warned me as he's taking on this project and he said you're gonna never outrun this like this is gonna follow you around for the rest of your life because once we get into the second season we can upgrade and change however we want and i, I said i just don't want it to then be season one is really cool like uh, what was that the the um, the Watchmen the new version of the Watchmen yeah mm-hmm. and then the director walked away and said I didn't want to do it anymore I did everything I could do and of course buckets of money came in and they're going to do a second season without him mm-hmm. is it going to have uh, who wasn't that so weird it was the, one of the weirdest things you ever saw and how they put it together and the guys were on some kind of weird thing anyway they they accidentally ate some mushrooms to tell that story to begin with you know what I'm saying because it's strange right the Watchmen yeah and well, I um loved but. It. Yeah, it was weird too, and it was just like it, 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 it caught so me. And, I, and especially since the the film was so stylized, but kind of mediocre in a way, right? Because of some of the major changes that they made to it, and and how it worked, it just didn't sort of gel. But but uh, but so we're gonna do five, and then what he said is, you know, he's saying thirty or forty episodes before we even finish this round. So we're gonna be doing oh, wow. years of this, awesome. and that's where the the, the mm. we'll upgrade will change, and maybe even like sort of, you know, how Star Wars does, like we might reboot. As we go to, you know, to to recreate this and then carry people along as as we're allowed now, if we get into season two, to have more 2020 technology more integrated into that. But then my worry is, if everybody does grab onto this, and then am I, you know, that that high wire you walk, you know? But I'll, I'll kind of I'll listen to the fans as we go, and I'll kind of talk to that because that's something that I could do it this way or I could do it this way, and you know, part of me it's just easier to sort of bring us into the the year 2020 instead of this you know, kind of a thing. But at the same time, that's very much a heart of the film. So I'm not, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm still juries out and I don't mean to be like, you know, George Lucas doesn't always have the answer, even though he pretends he does. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he doesn't know he's going to do sometimes. Was I really going to make Darth Vader Luke Skywalker's dad? If you guys know that, but another spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) 40 years or 30 years, but yeah, another spoiler. I think I'm safe at this point, you know. Yeah, I think you're good. <laughs> yeah, so so, um, but I'm I'm very I, I'm beyond thrilled with it. I'm beyond thrilled with the end result, and it, and it and it was a hard time to jump just because there was so much stuff going on, and to have it move that fast, but not have it get to that point where what 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 what, and I didn't want a lot of that. And I got some feedback on the first episode of like where uh, people got lost, and I looked and I dialed in, and it was during the gunshot scene when she was shooting at people, mm. and it was sort of a random piece that I did. I just wanted to show people are getting killed, people are getting killed, people are getting killed, but I realized people lost the thread. And so as a filmmaker, I learned from my audience. They're like, I'm trying to say something because I'm the smart guy who made this movie. On the other hand, it's, it's an interactive medium. I'm talking, you're talking to the people, and if they didn't understand what you said, 
then you're the idiot. You didn't get the thing across. You know, that's me, I'm saying, you know, for not, not being able to express it properly. Right. So, but this is good. This talks. And Natasha did so great in this. And she went so much further than she did in the first one in bringing subtlety to her role and bringing a tremendous dynamics. And I can't wait to work with you as the Earth Angel. And that, that's going to be a, a blast. And I'm going to tell you guys, it, the first, um, I'm not killing the movie because it's what it starts out as, but the first 20 minutes of the film is an air-to-air hijacking where a Learjet flies up along a government plane and they kind of do an air battle to oh, wow. blow holes yeah, between them. Yeah, really the cool. Back and forth. It's very cool. And, uh, and Natasha's in these, in these scenes. So and, um, so so those we do on a on a, a soundstage at places like, um, um, I'm trying to say like uh, Aero, Aero sets or something where they have pre-built fuselages yeah. on, gim- on gimbals where we get to do this. And so the actors get to actually be flung around instead of having to do the Star Trek 1965. <laughs> yeah. like, and then it also, um, so then cool. it arcs out and it becomes a very human drama thing. And then at the end, the last act is um giant i'm just gonna say like that with you know full-blown what you'd think angels should be battling you know bad people and yada yada and if he can still do it we may still have malcolm mcdowell come in to play one of the angels it just depends now the structure of the world is very different yeah but we do have a good cast and uh and uh, on that and i'm super excited about coming sorry guy couldn't get you guys the 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 prints for some of this but i'll get that tonight and you can yeah just send them to me afterwards we'll work them into here absolutely all right, guys, and I think um, anything else from you, Natasha? Are you guys have any more? Well, I, I mean, I think we have a very important question for Natasha. Um, yeah. Do you think you have a career as a future twerker? <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> or is just this? Are you? Is this just a temporary thing, or you think you really got what it takes? <laughs> I'm going to be TikTok famous. Susan brought that to my attention, Natasha. We'll have words later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think when I I saw the first video, I was like, me and Justin, I was talking to him. I'm like, what is going on in this? Did you see this video that she just put on? It's hilarious, though. I did follow you on TikTok today, and it is pretty funny. Yes! It is pretty funny. Hey, she got your attention, right? To uh, any viewers who, who don't know what we're talking about, I cannot twerk. I can't twerk. <laughs> it's just not something I can do. Just can't get actually, it. Believe it or not, I actually am a very good dancer, but I cannot twerk. So one of my friends tried to teach me, and a while back I made this video of, like, where I'm <laughs> trying to twerk and I just can't do it. And actually... Interestingly, that was my video. So I met my fiance on Hinge, and that I put that video on my dating profile, and wow. he saw that, and he's like, "I have to meet this girl. I have to meet this girl." <laughs> so funny. And that was anyway. So so going forward, I was talking to my friends. They were like, "Yeah, you can become TikTok famous, and that's going to grow your Instagram following, and then you're going to get more bookings because like yeah. casting directors look at your followings, and that's very yeah. real." They so, love TikTok. Uh, Everybody's TikTok fan. It's the easiest way to get famous now is to go on TikTok. You know. And my friends were like, Natasha, you need to grow on your twerking videos. Just do them everywhere. Do them in the supermarket. Do them with your dog. Do them <laughs> in the pajamas outside or whatever. <laughs> did, you, did you see? Did it? Yeah, I did one of my Christmas onesie in the snow. Uh, they're, they're pretty hilarious. They're pretty Today funny. I did a really, a really good one by a staircase outside. I slide down the pole. <laughs> Don't injure Look at that laugh. Look at that laugh. 
That's Jim fine. might make me take it down soon. No, I just no, feel no. Like we're gonna have yes, no, more. no, no, no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But just in case you what's Natasha doing? <laughs> and I looked at her. Oh, this joke. is charming. This is charming. Another <laughs> one gets kind of stir crazy. Is there room inside the bus to twerk though? That's the real question. There is room anywhere to twerk. <laughs> I will make room. <laughs> I think that's the quote right the there for the show. Me. That is that is what whatever so there is there's any there's room for twerking anywhere you go even in outer space or a vampire or an angel or but uh, if we see twerking in Chrome is that something we could see down the actually you will <laughs> remember there's pleasure well, bots in this movie pleasure bots twerking that'll be awesome we had to mention that it was pretty funny. We do follow so them, so we do we'll see this. Yeah. Oh, my my comments are are not nice. The comments I'm receiving, I'm getting a lot of. You need help. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, "Are you okay?" That was that was you know. Someone, and, but then are people are going like, "That poor dog," because <laughs> I do want I have fun with one of my dogs. And, and that one, that one got a thousand views today. Oh. <laughs> and then a lot of nasty comments. Yeah. TikTok, what are you going to do? TikTok people are crazy. He's such, he's on, I'm not hurting him. I love my animals. Viewers, my dogs are my heart. I treat them like they were human babies. And until, Don't take until them away Tom, from me. And until Tommy, better than your boyfriends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was kidding. <laughs> I was teasing. So funny. I had to go for it. <laughs> no, no, she's always been a sweetheart. Absolutely. Well, we had to it. Sorry to bring it up, but it is funny. And why are you sorry? It's the best thing in the world. I'm Check so proud of my talk right now. <laughs> Natasha alone. It's Natasha Coppola Shalom, and it's all twerking. I might put some of my weird characters in there. I might do some sprinkling, but um, for now, it's all twerking. And you should definitely do uh, your fiance's water bottle out there, too, because people love, like, oh, Amazon yeah. finds and things like that on TikTok. It's good for I'm that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a twerking video with the portico. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you need to 100%. get a Chrome down on TikTok, too. That seems 100%. to be where it's at. I'm going to get a Chrome poster and twerk with it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you a T-shirt. I'll send you a T-shirt. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. There we go. That's it. We have a whole we we have a whole like storyline planned for the twerking. It's not like it it isn't just like me being a fool. It is me being a fool. But but we have a storyline around. A narrative. It. You're so, revealing. You're revealing. So your it, yeah, yeah. There's an, an I'm a narrative fool. Awesome. <laughs> well, hey, this has been very informative as always. Uh, you guys are wonderful. You guys are absolutely wonderful, and, and well, thank you for having us on. Giving us some time talking to us, four idiots that no one else wants to talk to, but we. <laughs> oh You're we the love, best four idiots. We love that we <laughs> have you guys. Um, Crow. Red dwarf salute. Red dwarf salute. Dwarf salute. <laughs> yeah, it's the red dwarf salute. Oh, that's Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, episode two streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, it's is it anywhere else but Amazon Prime right now, or just Amazon Prime? So, so what's about to happen is for episode three, uh, as I said, we just signed some new distribution deals. We're gonna lead on uh, something called Vizio TV first, okay. 
and they're going to do like a Vizio streaming as part of their streaming network. And then Amazon is going to be the number two tier for that. But we're also, we've just expanded into um, Italian television, German television, and it's getting translated. And so we're getting picked up by an um, actual network because Natasha and I were discussing this today. And then what's your guys take on this too? Because, you know, my, my first episode was 30 minutes and, you know, I, I'm going to tell you that episode two kind of runs short of that a couple of minutes and, would you rather see that two minutes padded out with nothing or just tell the perfect story that just ends two minutes sooner, you know, kind of like from that as fans, how would you feel about that? If I did a scene of the, you know, the camel robot walking and go gets a drink of water to get the two minutes, you know, cause well, people do that all the time in, in our film structure. But I think one of the things that we as a group collectively complained about the walking dead was <laughs> fluff episodes. There you go. You, you, we, that, yeah. that killed yeah. that series for me, where they, they yeah. would go into a scene with Rick Grimes just staring off into a camera for right. 10 minutes. Right. It's yeah. fluff. It's not needed. Tell your story. Yeah. Get it in. Yeah. You know. And that's what I chose. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just good to hear that feedback. And I always, yeah. you know, I check because it's not a – I'm not a painter cutting off my ear somewhere where nobody's going to see these until 200 years after I'm done. They, they're, they only live if they're interactive. Nothing's and, and worse have, than when you watch a series and one episode or a part of it – you're just like, what is going on in this right? part? Yeah, and and yeah, it just yeah. takes you out of it. You don't feel like checking it out again. You, you're just like, eh, I don't know. It kind of loses interest for me. So when and it's all know, stuff you need, it's better. Right. And, and I, I had that with, um, to be honest with you, I'm not going to say what episode, but because um, I was really taken by the boys at the beginning when they, the, his girlfriend was smashed and I was like totally on with their stuff. And I got into season two and I kind of felt that like they lost the, and I'm just, I don't want to go off critiquing too much on this, but I felt like they lost the narrative of that. He was all about getting revenge yeah. and, and yeah. honoring her. And then the Starlight thing, and I'm, cause I'm careful, but the point is that I felt like season kind of got a search of what they had in season one somewhat. That was my, although I really loved it. And like where, uh, how do I say this? Um, Homelander gets upset at a certain point on a podium. I thought like, <gasps> when he gets mad at his crowd, if you kind of remember yeah. that, I don't want to yeah. spoil it, but, 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 um, it's that, and I also there, there's this other series, the Hannah. You, you're familiar with the the, the the Netflix series Hannah. Yeah. I felt that there was a lot of that. Like it was a, I actually liked the show, but it was a lot of her looking for like ten seconds at a photograph. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. So I'm right there with you. It's like you know, I mean, honestly, the only interesting thing to me in in the filmmaking part, and it's so I kind of tend to go the other way. The minute the actor has the realization, the shot's over. I don't want to linger on, but then they pick their nose and they do something else. I want it to be that the moment that they hit that, and isn't that that Shakespeare? Is that the minute yeah. all the actors figure out what their what their problem is, then they all wind up dead within five minutes, having killed each other or themselves. And so I'm not asking my actors to kill themselves right after they make the arc. I'm like really being an idiot here, but but the point being is that it's the build up to it's the realization, and it's once once the actor makes the resolve to. That's the interesting part. But then once they start to act out the result, I'm going to go get that chair or I'm not going to get that chair and we're with them. And once they make the decision, then actually watching them get the chair is like kind of get on with it, you know? So I tend to, it better be interesting like that. So um, I tend to work that opposite. And I know I've been criticized in Chrome for that, but that's what that one particular piece calls. If you compare it to my 10 days in a madhouse, I'm sorry, but it's very slow because it's people in a madhouse sitting around being, having their books taken away. Yeah, and it's not the same as a robot that's all doing these crazy things and all of that. So, right. But but I still within that, I did my best to keep that 
we got to the arc of that that's what they felt and then moved on. So anyway. Right. Great. All right. Well, you like we said, um, episode two, January 1st, go check it out. Uh, Tim, anything else you want to plug or we're, we can check you out? Natasha this year, it's her year. And she's been having all of these, uh, getting these films and getting this exposure and things have been working for her. And, you know, and, you know, and I'm going to say this too, you know, about, and you're, you, you do honor your family dynasty, but I want to say in Hollywood, you know, that you'd think that because she has all the famous people and all of that, it's harder. It's harder for when you have to kind of, you really have to prove yourself. So for, for Natasha to wind up where she is right now and to be in this position, you just have to know that as the relative of like, you know, it's Eddie Murphy's younger brother. It's like, yeah, you know, like that. And then, so she's had to overcome some of that. I don't mean to, you know, I'm not, I'm not disparaging. I'm saying she's 10 times better than. Yeah. I find her to be a Terminator 2000, whatever, from the future, as far as acting goes, she can do anything. And the reason that I'm so obsessed with you as my muse is, you know, you're a beautiful woman, but nobody, I've never, never seen anybody who can act. And you should have seen her audition for, which we did. We did a screen test for Earth Angel. And there's just these moments where you're just, I, I, you'll see, you'll see what she can do. And she hasn't, you know, like, like most actors, hasn't had a chance to really show that potential in the way that she's going to. And I'm seeing that COVID or no COVID for how this industry is working, you guys, mm hear millions of people laid off here in Los Angeles and, yeah. and, and devastated like for everywhere else. But she's one of the ones that's going to be working and she's getting the projects and I can't wait. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Like a kid coming up for Christmas. It's not, not soon enough to be working with you again. We can't wait to see it too. And awesome. uh, Natasha, yeah, where can we check you out at on your, want to give your Instagram? Yeah. Your so my Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> my TikTok. <laughs> My TikTok is Natasha Coppola Shalom. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is Natasha Loam, N-A-T-A-S-H-A-L-O-M. I think my Twitter is also Natasha Coppola Shalom. It's one of the two, either Natasha Coppola Shalom or Natasha Loam. Um, but I, in addition to Chrome, I have uh, two other films on Amazon right now. Um, one is called Rich Boy, Rich Girl. That's a rom-com. And then I have this beautiful film called Extra Innings, which is a 1960s baseball movie. Okay. Um, and that's it's, on it's Amazon actually, now? Uh, that's on Amazon now, and that's oh. beautiful. That's um, uh, mental health awareness. It's, I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful film. Um, and I'm, I'm also doing a TV thing in January called Shoot from the Hip. That's a comedy, and I play a spicy, naughty cop. So, uh, <laughs> seductress. So, favorite so, uh, kind of cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, most of my stuff's on Amazon, but Chrome, 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 Chrome. Very good. Hey, and, uh, guys, in the first two weeks, we did uh, 93 million streaming minutes. Wow. Yeah, wow. We're stunned. We're actually stunned with that side of you know, you throw it up there all these years and mostly doesn't stick the refrigerator because that's the life of the And when this happens, so as much as people, and that's what you see when people are crystallized, I hated this movie. I love this movie. That's what you want. Because when people look at it and they go, it's okay. Nobody's, nobody's like, I got other stuff to do. You know, I've got to go do some grooming or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I've been very pleased with that. But, but the numbers have been... That's why we're moving forward and why we picked up major distribution for it, um, you know, from how we had started. And we had the, the, the deal with Amazon. But, you know, let's do an entire episode on, you know, Jeff Bezos, the emperor. Yeah. So, um, you know, and how he pays and doesn't pay, et cetera, et cetera. But 
You yeah. know, not that I'm hinting anything. I he deserves if anybody deserves two hundred million dollars an hour, which is what I heard his wages are. It's him, right? Because yeah. no, it's me. <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> All right. Awesome. And uh, hey, congratulations again on the engagement. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Sure that the four of us are invited to the wedding. We won't bring our spouses. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we even sit in the room. Whatever you got to do, but you know we got to come hang. Wedding ring. Well, I'll invite your spouses too. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I guess they can come. That'll, that'll be. <laughs> Well, thank you oh, guys wait. so much. Brock, wait, 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 quickly. Brock, you had a baby. I did. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. So you haven't slept. You haven't slept then. You're completely devoid of. Uh... I, he's pretty good. I got I, both my babies slept through the night. So. Very lucky. We're like the best two kids ever. Like he had a great first kid that slept and is just like all pleasant. We're like, no way it's going to happen a second time. Then he gets one that's even better. And we're like, what the hell? Because I'm such a jerk. You think I'd get like punished or something through my kids. I got five kids. They're all assholes. And somehow he gets two great ones. I don't understand how it worked out like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that's awesome. I bring him in, but he's already asleep. Cool. It is good. As you can see, Brock's sitting in his new in his daughter's room that he just painted. Yeah. So, the pink walls. <laughs> she's Lovely. she's a sweetheart. I see. Are those collectibles up there? That I'm looking at? Oh yeah, this is all. This is part of my wrestling action figure collection. <laughs> I see that out there. As you can see, I'm not the one that has any children. Me and my wife just live, I have a whole nerd room, so that's what. I'm <laughs> this is just awesome. one corner of it. Awesome. awesome. And that's it. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again so much. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. you. And the next year is going to be better than this year, no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interviews. (laughs) Don't forget about us. Thanks. Come here. Oh, for sure. Thanks, guys. Oh, don't be silly. You're so lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you again. And we're done. We're out. Awesome.